0: Pushing back chaos. With Mel and Mike and
1: Raph. Welcome back to another episode of Pushing Back Chaos with me, Paul Mellon McFadden. How you guys doing out there in Podcast Land? I hope you've been uh, getting after it. And uh, yeah, that you guys are happy and well. Joined here uh, with our regular two. Mike, how you going, mate? What's Mike been, is very
2: happy. My, you're uh, happy drastic case of poison ivy is finally gone and i'm a normal human being i well i'm not normal but i look semi-normal now that my face isn't swollen and i'm not uh swollen in all the wrong places if you're catching my drift you no, know, having this sleep with bags of ice down your shorts anymore <laughs> yeah dude i'm not like dr tony sleeping with ice <laughs> in my ass cheeks but <laughs> i'm doing pretty well this week man i'm pretty happy had a great weekend got out to uh Went down to Richmond and uh, hit some haunted houses because I love Halloween. And it was just this redneck thrown together farm that, that had chainsaws and like all kinds of stuff everywhere, man. I was laughing so freaking hard and um, some great dinners, had, had a couple dates in there.
1: It was great. So total 180 from last week. Well, that sounds pretty good, man. How about you there, Tio? I see that you're, uh, you're all still zoomed up in your, uh, your Zoom uniform, you've literally flown a plane in, landed. Well, should I say, drove a taxi in, got changed into your pilot uniform and then came in the front door.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, I you know I don't fly. I I fly or I drive those little carts in the airport to get people from one terminal to the other. Um, dude, I'm I'm good. Um quick question for Mike though. So what they what did they uh give you to fix the monkeypox that you had? I'm just <laughs> Well, what, what are they given for that? I don't. Well, <clears throat> it really wasn't anything like medical that they could really give
2: me. It's, it's pretty messed up. So they sat me in front of a, a table and in front of me, they gave me a picture of you naked. And they're like, is this what you want to look like with monkeypox? Like you need to get your life together, whatever. And it honestly just kind of changed my mentality. I started eating better. I stopped, you know, gay stuff and uh, I'm all healed.
1: Oh, so, my God. You guys, you guys have opened opened a can. And we just hit rock bottom at two minutes in. Wow.
3: <laughs> but
1: uh, we've got a special guest this week, Nick, uh, joining us from San Diego. How are you going there, mate? Good, man. Glad to be here, guys. Thanks for having me on today. Appreciate it. It's an honor. For- well, it's an absolute pleasure. We've heard a little bit about, about your backstory and about how uh, – Raf met you. So Raf, why don't you maybe throw a little bit of backstory here and uh, let us know how you met up with Nick and a few details there.
0: Yeah, so I met Nick on one of my overnights to San Diego. And uh, I was just, you know, like I was telling the story before this. uh, Captain that I was flying with and I just went out for a beer. Uh, We stopped by a place that at the time Nick was working bartending and serving at. it's like right off in, uh, what's that neighborhood again? Uh, Italy. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Uh, with pretty, pretty popping spot. Anyways, walk in there, this big, you know, six foot whatever walks up and he's, you know, con- I, I can know. I noticed right away this dude's confident, right? But he's not cocky. But he's just he's cool. Like he's he's actually kind of funny. And he said some funny shit that I immediately caught up on. And so we start bantering, and uh, and then somehow that just turned into like bantering turned kind of a, a loose, you know, superficial friendship. And then every time I would come into San Diego, I would just be like, Hey, you know, if you're going to be around, I'm going to, I'm going to be there, you know, these, these days or whatever. And every, he, the cool thing is he always made an effort to like link up with me and we'd go out and get a beer and just have real conversations and talk about life. And um yeah, man. So one thing led to another. And I started kind of like really getting a a big picture about Nick. And I started realizing like, he's not fucking around. Like this kid is literally you know, transforming his life for, for like real, for like greatness. And I'll let him talk that piece, but um, we had some real conversations and there's a guy that I, um, that I listen to uh, off and on his name is Wes Watson. Anyone listening, you should really check him out. He's a motivational speaker, but he's also got this big fitness thing that he does. He did 10 years in the penitentiary. And I know on the show, you guys have heard me joke around, or at least more melon, melon than I joke around my uncle Albert. Well, Albert spent time in uh, Centinella State Prison, and I know that Wes Watson spent time there too, which is what originally kind of held me to listen to him a little bit, because I was like, oh, you know, what are the odds that he was in prison around the same time my uncle was? I'm assuming. I don't really know that to be a fact, but uh, I know that they were in the same prison. So anyways, but I started listening to Wes's message, and and I, it really resonated with me. So. That, that was kind of in the back burner. And then uh, when Nick and I on our last, uh, was that a couple of weeks ago, maybe we hung out. I was in San Diego and mm-hmm. we we're just having like these real, like no shit conversations, like just open up about real stuff. Right. We got rid of the superficial stuff. It was real stuff. Struggles in life. You know, I'm a little bit older than him. So I was kind of telling him, like, just being honest with him. Like, you know, marriage is amazing, but marriage is work and being a father is the best thing I've ever done. Best role I'll ever have um and then he opened about his own stuff and then somewhere in the middle of that he was like yeah i'm, I'm also um you know doing like a, a coach thing with wes watson and like, i was like whoa and so we immediately hit it off with that we started talking about it and then like i told you guys earlier like no shit 20 minutes into this wes watson rolls up in this like badass ferrari and you know he sees nick says what's up to nick nick says what's up to him and they're just kind of bantering back and forth and i was like this is crazy and we were just literally talking about Wes and he just rolled up 20 minutes later. Uh, and it was like a, it was like destiny was, you know, it just meant to happen. So that in a nutshell is just kind of our quick friendship. But like I said, there's just a lot of depth to him. So I just thought, man, he'd be a great person to have. Cause um, cause I feel like he gets it. He, he understands what we've been talking about this entire time. You know, even though he's uh, how old are you, Nick? I should probably know this by now. Yeah. I'm
3: 27. Just turned 27 last month.
0: Yeah. So you're younger than Mike. Mike has always been, he keeps touting how he's the youngest dude in the group, but now he's an old fart. Good. Uh,
2: I I just want to ask Nick a question real quick. So just before we get off and talk about the, some of the conversations you guys had, how do you explain to other people, Nick, about how you met Raf? You're like, Hey, like, who's this, who's this guy you're hanging out with? You know, Rico Suave. And he's like, well, he's a 45-year-old man from Spokane that flies down on a plane to catch a beer with me in San Diego. R- it me nice things. I mean, it sounds suspicious to me coming from Washington. Wait, I-,
0: I like that this is coming from the guy who got monkeypox, had legitimate monkeypox from going to a gay sex rave thing in UK. But go ahead, go ahead.
2: I mean, hey, great relationship. Deflect, deflect boring, all you want. In great deflect ways, ways you want. I mean, just... I mean, do you lie about how you guys met? Like, you know, ah, we met on Tinder. No, listen, you're not gonna tell the real. No, uh, it's called
1: Grinder. No.
2: <laughs> Grindr, oh yeah, you found his Grinder profile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you guys, can,
1: you, you can guys are a- like rock bottom here. I heard, I heard that Nick had a uh, a military background as well, and I'm figuring that that was a major piece and you guys been able to hit it off so quick. <laughs> but Soren's chipping in as well. So, pardon the banter. Nick, maybe you could tell us a little bit about your backstory. There you are, you're 27, you're uh, living in San Diego, and you've got a military background. You spent some time, uh, I believe, in the Marines, Simplify. Right on.
3: Yep. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, I'm 27. I joined the Marine Corps when I was 20. Uh, before that, I was playing college baseball in Illinois, a small town. Um, and I was thinking about transferring to a, to a D3 or a D1 school in Florida to go walk on somewhere. And uh, I ended up meeting some recruiters in my gym that actually are very similar to how Raf's personality is. So it's funny that we click so well. He reminds me of this this you know, recruiter that I had when I was like 20. But um, yeah, I just figured it was the right thing for me to do was join. And I have always kind of had that kind of, you know, progressive, I want to improve myself mentality. And I felt like I was meant for something more. So I don't really know what it was going to be. But at the time, the Marine Corps just seemed like the best option. And I met someone that you know, in the same way Raph is very just focused on being a great person and being a great mentor, this guy named Michael Bubb was a very inspirational dude for me. Um, we went to the gym together, we had very similar family you know, backgrounds and you know, kind of ideologies there and stuff and we just really clicked and he, he never lied to me about you know, what the military would be like and he was very straight up, so I, you know, I trusted him and it was everything he said it would be. Um, I spent five years out here in Miramar did one deployment in okinawa japan um i was an aviation mechanic so i was working for the flight line but did a lot of different things when i was in as most of us always do worked in quality assurance um i ran work centers i worked in production control so you name it i've probably done it and plus everyone in the military does every job anyway so we all here know how that goes but um yeah i got out of the, the military uh in May of 2021 and I went right into finance. I worked downtown at a company Northwestern Mutual as a financial advisor, wore a suit every day, liked it. Um, but you know, one thing Raph and I talked about was my journey from that point to now. You know, I kind of as soon as I left the military, I felt kind of kind of lost. I was kind of drifting. Um wasn't really sure why that was. Now I can look back and say I didn't really have my purpose really, you know, kind of down pat. I wasn't really sure what my purpose was, so I just was kind of floating wasn't very you know very motivated as an individual to be the person I've always been I I would still go to the gym but just wasn't really you know on top of my shit like I always was um so fast forward you know I I worked there for about a year um I left that company and uh I was in between careers when I met Raph I was trying to find the next thing for myself because I wasn't really feeling like I was helping people as much as I wanted to as a financial advisor it was more centered around selling life insurance than what I thought it was going to be so it wasn't really for me Always been a, you know I've always liked sales, but I've always been kind of morally led to sell what I believe in. And I wasn't able to really do that with them. So I left, left that company um, and I was working at both breweries, a bartender server, met RAF kind of when I was in this transition of my life, trying to figure out what was next, just trying to pay the bills. Um, and now I've, I've left the, the serving industry altogether and I'm doing online coaching for personal development and growth, uh, as long with fitness coaching because they're kind of interconnected. And I'm also in the solar industry as well.
1: And that's a pretty tight resume, man. Yeah, so, yeah. so Raf said that you're in like a, the transition time. And you just talked about that there between obviously finance, you're working in a bar, and then you've picked up uh, coaching. So you've obviously got a background in fitness with your university baseball and, uh, you know, no doubt in the Marines as well, everyone gets after it. So do you want to tell us a little bit about what you're doing with your your coaching, your fitness stuff?
3: Yeah, I'll try to think of the best part best spot to begin. Um, I mean, I you know, I kind of linked up with Wes Watson. And it's funny, um, I go to the same gym as him. So I I can't remember exactly how, but he either popped up on my Instagram or he popped up, or I saw him one time when I went to the gym at four in the morning. Um and this guy, like Raph said, just was really he just gets it. And he just he just seems to really minimize distractions in life and really educate people on how to focus on tapping into their potential. And when I first kind of got linked up with this guy, I was always really like, I know I have a lot of potential, but I know I was always kind of letting things distract me like women or, you know, just drinking or just things that, you know, like everybody does in a social aspect, right? I mean, all the, the norms in society. And so You know, I met Wes Watson at the gym. Um, And I mean, I watched a lot of his videos, actually listened to a lot of his podcasts. And so that was kind of what first started, you know, the transition. I mean, right before that happened, you know, when I started Solar in September, um, I remember I was, you know, very new to the industry and I was closing a lot of deals my first couple of weeks. And after my first couple of weeks, you know, I, I I would close a deal and in the same night, I was like, man, I want to go celebrate. I want to go to the bar and have a drink and, you know, congratulate myself on this. And I noticed when I was in these sales meetings, I was vibing really high. Like I was just flicking, cylinders were firing. I felt like the best tip top version of myself. And when I was in the bar after that, and I was like having a drink or two, you know, I was never really like a big drinker, but just like occasional, right. I would notice my energy levels would drop. And I was just like, I don't really like how I'm feeling. Like I was feeling so on top of my game and just sharp and quick. And then when I was drinking, it was like lowering my energy and making me tired. And so I actually stopped drinking altogether in September uh, before I even linked up with Wes Watts. And that's a big pillar of his program is drop devices, you know, drinking, smoking, pleasure seeking mindsets. You want to be purpose driven and just purpose over pleasure is a big thing. Um, so that's something I really tried to implement in my life. But yeah, really just dropping the drinking has been huge. Um, and then I met up with Wes Watson and I was like, dude, I don't know exactly what he did, but I was like, I want to work with you and just work on tapping into my potential and just unlocking the things that have been standing in my way of my own progression. Cause I know I can do more, whatever I do. Um, and I know I have the work ethic and the focus and the fitness, but I want to just finally tune everything. And so I started working with him. We did some coaching together. Um, he actually taught me how to coach others as well and really just tell me about you know, macronutrients and really things that are going to just finally tune the machine to get you where you want to go. And it's really all about mindset. That's kind of what you know, is interconnected with everything that we do, regardless of what field you're talking about, is your perseverance, your resilience, and your ability to have impulse control and discipline is just the biggest things. I mean, it's crazy. So implementing those things in my life already has just changed my life drastically. And I really want to impact other people as much as I can. I got family members that, you know, have just been drinking way too much, smoking. I mean, whatever, you know, people who think everything's cool, but, you know, could really finely tune and just be somebody incredible. Um, I just really want to help people do that and get them to realize what I've realized and then show them how to do it and help them hold themselves accountable like I held myself accountable.
1: So, Raph, maybe you could let us know some of the changes you've seen. Because it sounds like a pretty rapid transformation here from meeting a guy in a bar to seeing what you've seen.
0: Yeah, um, I think the, I think the biggest keynote is on comparing our last conversation to like the first couple, you know, hangouts that we had. Um, I mean, there was no if or buts about it. Like, I knew that Nick was very serious about literally trying to achieve like his highest potential. And I knew that he was being serious. And we, you know, we talked about fitness, we talked about tracking macros. And actually, I, it's funny, because I texted him, well, like a couple of days ago. And I was like, you know, after that conversation, like, I've been off and on with tracking my macros. But it was after that conversation, I was like, you know what, I'm like you, I'm done with excuses. Like I I am just, and somehow there's empowerment when you're in similar circles, you know, when you have other men, you can stand stand, you know, with and, and you know that somebody else is doing it on the other side of the world or wherever, like it just, it gives you empowerment. So anyways, the biggest transformation that I noticed really was on our last conversation when just hearing him talk, not about, I felt like everything he was talking about wasn't even about, like he was talking about, you know, interpersonal transformation, but it was more about like everybody else. Like he wants to help everyone around him. He wants to be a better man for his future wife, for his kids. He wants to be a better man for his community. Like it's all the stuff that, should be should be said in circles between men, honestly. Like that's what should be like we talked about this. I mean, this is some a repeated topic that we talk about on this on this podcast is, you know, it's great to look good. And that's obviously we want that to be a, a by factor of, of lifting weights and, and eating healthy and all that. But but really in the back of my mind, it's always like one day, if I happen to be the guy that walks up and there's a burning car and there's children inside of it. And, you know, I, I want to, I know that I, that I'm equipped physically to run in that bitch and drag those kids out. Right. And I think it's important that men start thinking that way and they start like actually doing this. And so anyways, that that's when I, when I kind of noticed that about Nick, that's when I was like, yeah, he ain't bullshit. And, and it was like, it was like an immediate, like, I fucking want to do whatever I can to help him achieve whatever it is that he's trying to achieve, you know, whatever, and he he knows that I've always said, dude, I'm a phone call away. Whatever, like, I can be an ear, I can be, soundboard. I can tell you if something's, you know, it's the same shit that Mike and melon and you know we we all do, right? We because we're human, right? We're at the highest frequency, and sometimes we drop below where we should be, and that's when you're like, I just I need a sounding board, Mike.
2: You know, I I, I know that when we're younger and we're kind of coming up and we think we know we have all the answers. There's always something that just smacks us in the face or just you know really just puts us on our knees like like we're complete failures or something like that we lose direction we lose purpose Um question for you Nick is you know what were some of the hardest things that you had to go through and what caused you to transition to I want to mentor people to help people because there's I I, I listened to this thing. I I don't know if it was with Jordan Peterson or they were interviewing this guy, but, you know, he said there's heroes and there's villains. And the story of both are the same. The backstory of both are the same. And it's pain. You know, the the villain likes to say, hey, the world hurt me. Now I'm going to turn around and hurt it. And then the hero says, the world hurt me and I'm going to do everything I can. So this doesn't happen to anybody else. So what are some of those things that you struggled with that you faced that you were like, yeah, these things are terrible or this situation's terrible. And I, I don't ever want anybody else to do this.
3: Good question. Um, there's probably a lot like, I don't know, man, when I got out of the military, like I said, I felt very lost. Um, I remember sitting in my office at Northwestern Reacher looking out the window, because I mean, when you get out, man, like, you know, it's just everything is over and nobody cares about you, which is liberating. You know because you're just treated like a child everyone has to know your whereabouts 24 7 but at the same time it's also like wow nobody cares about me and when you have no purpose like a thought that i had one time was you know if i if i didn't you know wake up tomorrow who would really care like the world would move on what would be different um and obviously people in my life love me and i know that they're there but just it's like a, it's like a perception um and like a realization you know when you're going through that you know that first year when you get out um, And so feeling so lost, man, and feeling so, you know, going to the gym and having no motivation to better myself and, and feeling like shit and having anger outbursts and not knowing why. And it's really because my potential wasn't being reached. And I, you know, that's what I've learned later, but just not knowing all these things and feeling lost and, and having no answers and, and not knowing how to find the answers. Um, It's the most painful thing I've ever felt in my life, you know, and it's, it's the worst thing when, when money's tight and when you're dealing with stress in your life and you don't know how to fix it and you're just kind of idling and you're barely making it and all these things are hanging over your head and things are stacking up and you aren't you know you're you know, capable of more, but you're not doing it. Um, so that's, that, that's been tough and that's something that I really want people just to be able to break free from. Um, and then just to realize the things that they're doing and how they're hurting them because I never really realized when I was in you know, during 2020, I worked a lot and I would come home and have a couple of drinks every night. And, you know, I would just, my workouts were suffering. I was suffering. I didn't know that I was looking for happiness in the same place that I lost it. And that's a quote as well from Wes Watson, but it's true. Um, And I just didn't realize that these things that I was doing, these social norms, how they were hurting me and how they were holding me back. And once I was able to escape them and just Really realize my purpose and really realize what was important to me, and just start attacking that stuff. The distractions like went away, the desires to do those things socially went away. Like, I can go out now and have tonic water and have a great time at a bar and play pool and not drink. Um, And I'm not worried about it. Um, And just, feeling just on top of the world all the time mentally, you know, and waking up at three in the morning every day. That's why I was like, I don't know what day it is. <laughs> just get up really early, go to the gym at four, regardless of how I feel, whatever. Like it's just, it's discipline and it's stacking. Yes. Up. And knowing what that's done for me, man, has been paramount. And I just want everyone in my life to like have the tools in their toolbox to then also cope with it. Because like when we are tempted, when our frequency does drop. And when we have those impulses to go drink or to go watch porn or to go do whatever, when we're bored. Right. Um, you know, cause Wes Watson talks about boredom leading to desires, which leads to vices. So you just can't get bored. So you got to keep your frequency at a high state. You got to keep yourself in that high mental state of vibration. And so, you know, like I, I told everybody on Instagram the other day, I was like, man, I'm really tempted today to do some dumb shit that I haven't done in a while. So instead of falling into that, I went, for a run and I killed myself running outside it was like a heat wave It was like 90 degrees and I just went for a run and I was like I'm going to get out of the state I'm in and go go run and go elevate my frequency and teaching people how to you know see those signals when they're coming in and how to you know navigate through them and not let them you know impair their judgment and their actions to follow is, is huge so I want to help people learn how to do that too
2: I think that's great, man. And and you're demonstrating how to do it. You're not just on there like with Pomeranian puppies and a G string being like, Yeah, you need to attack today. You know what I mean? We talk, we joke about it all the time, but I wish it was just a joke, but it's true. Is that delivery and that message is so construed these days because of social media? And it's just like, you know, pray for the people of Ukraine. And it's some chick in like a bikini showing her butt. And she's like, Oh, she's selling shoes. And the shoes aren't even in the picture, you know what I mean? And it's just like false motivation, uh, false, you know, a false path to go on to just for a personal gain, you know, whatever. But what you're talking about is like, hey, today sucks, watch this, and you're getting out and demonstrating, showing people like how to properly do it. And that's what there needs to be more of is leadership and discipline, talking and action. So that's that's great, man. I'm I'm glad you're doing that. Go ahead, Mellon.
1: I've got a, it's interesting for me, my whole life, uh, Nick, I'm, I'm 46 and I've been sort of getting in the gym and training and playing rugby. I still play rugby uh, out here in Saudi. And it's like this This last year, I've just had much less of a motivation to get in the gym. And I just sort of turned it around the last couple of months. It was always something I'd, I'd be itching to get there on the way home, really thinking about what I was going to do. My program, always been pretty tired with it. And like, I've got an annual medical, I've got to hit every year. An aircrew medical, like Raffit, have the same thing. And it's been a really good to have an accountability that there's an enforced goal that I have to hit every year. Anyway, the over the last two months, I've really sort of gone after it. And I had, I had knee surgery. I had a, a torn meniscus. And I had to have knee surgery um, three weeks ago. I was like in the middle of like, the training to try and you know get fit again for this uh medical and I just sort of got I just dealt with it and trained through it and and you know shifted from uh training focus to a diet focus when I couldn't do the amount of exercise that I was not I was used to doing and I've just it's been such a motivating thing to hit the goals that I've been setting myself to achieve the the fitness you know resting heart rate blood pressure the whole thing is all sort of aligned by having an external goal there's an accountability there's no um ifs or buts it's like a must and i've always said to like i've said to my son and my mates that you you achieve zero percent of the things you should do and you and a hundred percent of the things you must and so it's always transferring the the shoulds to must like what are the important things here and so like right right now my ass is hanging out because i've got up and did a circuit this morning and went to physio for my knee for an hour during the middle of the day. And then I just hit an hour in the, in the spin bike on the just before coming on here. And so it's like, it's an interesting thing when you have a really strong goal that you're holding uh, clearly and you've got accountability. Like, you know, I always credit it with my wife, for example, like she knows, like you telling your mates that you're going to go for a run, like I'm having a hard time. You're putting it out outside yourself. People are going to hold you to it. And then your physiology shifts. And as you're saying, like you're eliminating any uh, boredom, you're eliminating the, well, will I go for a workout or not? You've, you've created a commitment. And then, like, the universe sort of aligns with you. Mm-hmm. And it's been a, just a, a great feeling, even though I haven't been able to exercise as much over the last two months, I've really just felt like myself again, which is an interesting thing after so, so many, like, you know, decades of exercise to have had a low spot and then work through it and hit a goal. So what you were saying was just really resonating mm-hmm. with me.
3: Yeah. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, dude. I mean, checking those boxes is just like a big dopamine, you know, hit. I mean, it's, it's it's just, you know, when you hit your macros, when you, you know, hit your blood pressure, everything else you said, I mean, that just gives you, it's just, it's like adding gasoline on the fire, man. It's just, it's crazy. And when you stack the wins like that, like when you wake up and you, you do X, Y, and Z, A, B, and C every day, like, you know, you just stack the wins. I can't I can't capitalize on that enough. That just gives you the momentum every day and every day and every day and every day to just never want to miss, it's huge. And when you're not holding yourself accountable to just yourself, like that's a big thing for me too, is, you know, I've had the urge to kind of drink once in a while now, cause I just, I, I love whiskey. Like I love bullet rye whiskey, it's delicious. I love the culture behind it, you know, like it's, it's just, it's awesome. Um, but you know, there's a, there's obviously a higher purpose here and mine does not involve drinking. Um, and so when I'm like getting on and telling everybody that I care about on Instagram, that, Hey, like, this is what I did. This is what I encourage people to do, drop the vices, drop the drinks, everything else. Like if I was just accountable to myself, maybe I would negotiate with myself and tell myself it's okay to have a drink. It's cool. Like, you know, maybe I deserve it or maybe like whatever, but I've, I've said to everybody that I'm done with it. And like, I, I can't be a liar, bro. Like, I'm not going to get out there and fucking have my ass handed to me because I'm saying one thing and doing another. No one would believe in me. No one would trust in me. So it's it's so huge when you're holding yourself accountable, not just to yourself, but for other people. And that's when we realize like, we're doing this shit for everybody else in our lives. It's not for us.
2: Yeah, that's a great point. Because, you know, the three of us, we talk and we get feedback from people being like, wow, you guys are different. And you you speak about things and you you go about your ways. And it's just like, well, who keeps you accountable? You know, and I get asked that a long time. It's just like, well, well, who's your mentor? And I'm like, these two guys, my my circle, my friends, like they're on the same journey as I am. And they're out there putting as much effort, if not more than I am. And it's just like, I'm not perfect. I'm not this perfect. Well, put the, you know, I struggle every day. I have thoughts like you're talking about, you know, like I want to drink once in a while. Everybody has that stuff you know, and there's nobody that's like speaking from the pedestal or on the soapbox all the time. It's just like, oh, yeah, they got a pass and their their life is good for the rest of their life because they they have some discipline. No, because life's going to happen. Uh, So I, I love that point, man. It's just, you know, leaning out on your circle. And I'm sure your circle has changed over the last year and a half or so with, hey, maybe I don't need these type of people in my life or maybe, you know, look at you met Raph like at a bar and coming in and had this conversation and now you're here and like, he's a mentor or something, you know, he's a goofy looking mentor, but he's a mentor. And, uh, but yeah, it, it makes you like put, take off the blinders and you kind of like develop filters as I call them. And you can kind of read people a lot better about like, like you said, are your actions lining up with your words or are your, um, yeah, or, or vice versa. Right. Cause I've seen both. And uh, you can kind of read people and be like, yeah, but what's your real story? Or who are you trying to fake out? Is it us or is it yourself? And then you can really have those good conversations. So uh, great points, man.
3: Thanks. And if I could say one more thing to this, because now the thoughts are coming in, is just like, you know how when you guys were younger, you know, like more so in my age, not to say you're older. Sorry about that. But, um, you know, and like when you guys are around people, and I mean, you are who you hang around, and that's just life anyway, regardless of how old you are but especially when you're developing and stuff. And when you're probably in your early twenties um, when you're kind of figuring out like who the fuck you really are going to be. And, you know, I think like I've always, when I was younger, I've always been kind of influenced a little bit about, you know, who I was around and some good, some bad stuff like that. When I was around great people, I was even better. When I was around people who weren't doing the right thing, I was more susceptible to that stuff. And now that I've really gone into this journey that I'm in, it's, it's just, it's so clear to me that now instead of being the person that, becomes like their surroundings, even though I want to be around my good surroundings, I also want to be such a strong person that the people who are around me become like me. That's my biggest goal.
2: I think that's a huge thing about probably why the four of us joined the military is we saw veterans, people in uniform, something bigger than themselves, the way they dressed, the way they carried themselves, the way they spoke about things. and it was like, yeah, I, I want to be like that you know, that's something special. That's not the everyday thing. Uh, But as we all probably got into, I know we all got into it when you're in there and you're actually dealing with what that type of life brings you, the quiet and silent struggles that go on within your mind and your heart and everything else. And that we have to deal with is just like, man, that's not as advertised. <laughs> right. And then now we're dealing with all these other problems that was like, I don't, I I thought I signed on for something different. I didn't want to deal with these things or have sleeping problems or PTS or drinking issues or relationship issues or, you know, whatever. Um, But I think that's great is to find those people that you can look at and be like, man, I wish I was like that person because of actions and words, because of how they walk, how they talk, how they carry themselves. Like, that's the first thing I noticed about you in the first five minutes, Nick, is how you speak. You're very confident. You're very clear. Um, you sound way better than Melon, and um, you know it's something I, I I like in a person when you can speak clearly and eloquent eloquently, unlike I just did. Um, I speak like Biden sometimes. Um, it, it really speaks louder uh, when somebody
1: can communicate well you just said reminded me uh nick where you were, you were talking about you know you can judge a man by the company he keeps like really we're pretty much the average of the five people we spend the most time with i really feel like that's very very true um rico who was uh an eod sf guy who has been on the podcast he had an episode with us called the heart of darkness i think it was episode four he had a quote near the end where like now at his stage of life He's like very selective about who he lets into his circle. It's very hard to get a ticket in and it's people can leave like he's happy to just release and let people go. If they're, uh, you know, they've got an integrity issue. If they, you know what I mean? He's like, no, no problem. You carry on in your life. You're no longer inside my circle. So who are the sort of the key influences or what what is it you've looked at yourself in that, you know, you're a 27 year old man. You were, things have really transformed fast in the last year and a half and what has it been the traits of the people that you've been putting into your circle who have you been putting in into your, you know in your life
3: yeah wow um i mean personal development and growth has been like the only thing i care about like right now i'm not even really focused on dating or anything or anything external it's just literally i want to better myself and those around me and help impact others to do the same um, so people who are kind of on that journey, so obviously it's a no brainer, you know, Wes Watson, to bring his name up again, huge influence right now for me. And then the people that he often mentions to like, um, there's a couple guys, I can't remember their names, but I see them on Instagram all the time off the message you guys after the chat, but, um, those guys and the people whose, you know, family values really mimic my own. So I got some close friends that I've had for about 10 years. One of them's out here with me in California. His name is Curtis. He was in the Marine Corps with me actually in the same unit as, myself so that was pretty cool um raf is one too man because i've just spent more time with him and we had amazing talks about family values and fatherhood and just the type of men we want to be for the people in our life that we care about those those men that you know people around us can depend on for safety um and my my own dad is my biggest hero i mean he taught me how to work hard at a very young age He set an amazing example i mean when I was young, he didn't even really drink alcohol around me. He just wanted to show me the best. He taught me how to work out. I mean, he—he's—he's he's my biggest hero forever. I don't care who I meet. Like, <laughs> and my best friend, man. I mean, you know, I didn't have any—I mean, siblings, uh, you know, growing up. So he's been like my biggest, you know, kind of brother and dad and you know, best friend all in one. He was my dad when I needed a dad. He was my brother when I needed a brother to catch with, and he was my best friend when you know he taught me how to drive stick and everything else. So. Um, yeah, you know, we talk, we talk every day, but yeah, I mean, people who just kind of fall in line with your, with your, you know, that congruence with your, uh, your thoughts and your actions and your kind of purpose, you know, people who align with that, who support that as well, because when you have a goal, a lot of people will shit all over it, but people really, who support you will emphasize it and will encourage it. And they'll be like, why isn't it bigger? And, and those are the people that you want to really be around. So people like that in my life who, regardless of what I'm doing, like when I was doing the finance thing, or bartender or whatever I was doing, just try to find myself. They weren't shitting all over it. And people who were, I kicked them the fuck out of my life immediately. I don't have time for that. Um, and that's, that's the biggest thing too, because that negative self-talk is just toxic, man. It's, just, it's so bad. So those people that, that want to bring you up and, and, and see you be the best you are the people that I want to be around, that I keep around, and that I want to also pour into as well in the same regard.
2: Yeah, great point, man. I I personally relate to that because I keep people around that show their growth, their personal growth by actions. If if I meet somebody, which I have conversation with, people contact me, whatever, and they're like, hey, man, I want to be a better man. Hey, I want to be a better whatever. Help me out. I'm like, okay, well, look, this isn't going to be overnight. This is a lifestyle. It's not like a one week program where you're going to be good you know what i mean it's an everyday wake up and commit to it and then three days later they're posting all over social media these motivational quotes and it's just like oh to be a better man and this that whatever and then 12 o'clock at midnight their story post comes up and they're out just getting hammered drunk with a bunch of idiots and you're like are you trying to live off you know you're getting the reward without the hard work. Are you trying to sell an image? Are you trying, like, what are you trying to do? And you can read that right away. And it's just like, yep, detach. Like, I'm not helping you anymore because that's my time, energy. You know, it's like, you're in this for the right reason, which is personal growth for you. Or, you know, I'm, I'm not here to be a people pleaser. And that's, you know, I'm
0: not, <laughs> I'm here to help my circle. Go ahead, ref. Yeah, so- Something that Nick and all you guys have been talking about that I, I'm going to try to see if I can make it a bit more congruent here, because I is something that I've listened to in the last couple months and has really just kind of resonated deep inside me. So I heard Andrew Huberman on the Huberman Lab with Jordan Peterson, and they were talking about how people really need to be careful, especially in this day and age, uh, on how you get your, how you acquire your dopamine, right? meaning are you getting it through pornography are you getting it through alcohol like because, so the way you get it matters meaning if you don't have to work for it and you just get an immediate rise immediate rise of dopamine that it's very dangerous right because you're you're teaching your brain to basically continually get addicted to this feeling of of this dopamine hit whether it's pornography or whatever it is you know, cheating on your spouse or whatever that is and and i think that's important to to understand not just in like these these big events but even small events right like you know we're talking about something as easy as counting macros well counting macros isn't really that easy trust me i fly an airliner for a living it's like i have to do a lot of forward planning to bring snacks with me to bring protein with me i look at the towns that i'm going to go to i try to look in advance like hey where can i go get a protein smoothie if it's not within walking distance i'm going to bring some with me i'll stop by walmart on the way it just the point is Kind of like what Nick alluded to when I do hit my macros, I'm elated because I know that the effort and work that I that I put into it, like really paid off. And and that's when you get that dopamine, that's good. That's it's better than good. That's that's what you start to kind of like, kind of chase. And then to make it a little bit more, I guess simple is something going back to what Wes Watson said when I was listening to his podcast. And I listened to his podcasts. Right after I had this conversation with Nick a couple of weeks ago, I was driving around and I put him on, but he said something and it's still in the back. I can hear his voice going every day, you know, you're going to be tested. Everybody's test is different, but it's still a test for some people. It's food for others. It's pornography for others. It's lying for whatever it is. Everybody has a test and it's coming. It can be several tests. And I literally, since having listened to that, I I wake up and I tell myself, you're going to get tested today don't be a bitch. Like it. And you know, what's interesting is that knowing that I'm going to be tested kind of fortifies my, my discipline, right? Like, it's just like, I'm not caught off guard. Like, I understand that at some point I'm going to get the urge to want to go look at pornography, I'm, you know, cause I'm going to be alone in a hotel or whatever. Like I know, but if I, if I physically say that to myself, like the test is coming, don't be a bitch. Like, you know, be a man, like be, be the man that, your son needs you to be be the man that your wife needs you to be be the man that my friends need me to be and i think it's really important for anyone listening right now you all have your own test again everyone's is different but we all have them every day every day every every effing minute every hour of the day it's there so don't act like it's not coming for you because it is because we all know that this world is literally built for comfort everything in this world tells you to like just be an amoeba on a couch and eat ding dongs and you know, <laughs> literally live in the metaverse and all this other bullshit. It's all bullshit. Everybody knows that the, the the real, you know, what everybody really wants is to be amazing, fit, as rich as you possibly can, whatever that number is for you, healthy, loving family, hopefully children. Everybody wants that. It's not easy. So some people quit and we're like, well, it's not meant to be. Well, that's bullshit. It is meant to be. You just have to put in the work.
2: Damn. I mean, just drop the mic right there to you. I mean.
1: <laughs> That's some quality. That's some quality stuff, ref.
2: So Jake, I, I have a question for you relating to this. Uh, you, you, you're doing mentoring now and you're a little bit younger than us and dealing with the younger generation. Their motivations and the way they receive things to change and whatever is totally different than Raph and Melon, than myself and probably you. What are some things that like you can share about dealing with the younger generation to mentor them and encourage them to change for the better?
3: Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, what what works for all of us will work for everybody. And that's just a simple truth. Um, so I mean, with guys that I'm working with right now, um, I'm doing mainly fitness coaching at the moment, but I but I do a lot of mindset with these guys. And, you know, just helping them, like get off the sauce Have you guys seen that bill burr was like get off the sauce but um really just drop the vices man i mean i was in the marine corps with a bunch of these dudes who, who dipped all the fucking time and who just throughout the day it's it's 6 30 in the morning we're mechanics they just throw a lip in it's like you gotta break that shit bro like for your family like you're gonna lose your bottom half of your freaking skull. If you know you know um but it, it just comes down to habits so helping these guys reconstruct their habits um it, and like replace negative habits with positive ones is the biggest thing. It's what I've done. I think that's a, just one of the biggest secrets out there is just replace your bad habits with good habits. Um, and that that's probably like a, an AA thing, I think too, but um, that's just paramount. I mean, with planning your meals and just, you know, waking up and like, for myself, I'll wake up at three in the morning every day. I'll be at the gym by four. Um, i You know, I get there and I journal about my day And i reflect on what i didn't do yesterday um and then i talk about what i want to improve on today with with coaching with selling solar with growing my team with whatever i'm doing with what i failed to do yesterday because i've been taught like the good stuff is great but we're trying to you know improve the bad stuff that we didn't get done or whatever so i'm just really worried about that and i'll read something positive um and then i'll post that and then i'll go in the gym and i'll just work out get my mind right center myself and go work out and just get to that high frequency place and then after my workout, I'll try to just do something else positive and then get home. And then I'll, I'll, when you wake up so early, you have time to come home and make a macro-friendly breakfast. And so just all these little things that you're doing by waking up early are helping you stack wins and, and create really positive habits in your morning. And then that just does it the rest of the day. And you just keep it going. And you do one thing at a time. You don't overwhelm yourself with, I got to do 30 things perfectly. And if I don't, I'm a failure. But like, just do one thing, get to the gym by four. If that's your thing, get there every day by four for a week. And then once you master that, and it's not an issue, like, man, I think it was this morning, I actually told my dad on the phone this morning, my phone died when I was asleep last night. So my alarm wasn't going to go off. But I've been doing this 4am thing for over a month now. So I woke up at 245. Just I woke up at 24. I was like, Oh, shit. Did I just oversleep. I was like, gonna be so pissed. And I was like, no, it's only 245. We're good. And that's what Thomas Watson gets up. <laughs> but I was like, yes, I didn't fuck it up you know what I mean? So like I've mastered that. So it's not the next thing. It's just, that's my, you know, the, the whole circadian rhythm and Andrew, Andrew Huberman's a big, big guy You know talking about that, but yeah, just master one thing at a time and just replace the negative habits with positive ones.
2: See, all those are great, are great points, man. And, you know, my, my biggest thing that I see with this younger generation is they're growing up being taught about, so, you know, from social media, the lack of proper mentoring parenting and coaching and what you're talking about i think is creating i know is creating in particular weak men but weak a weak society right because you're being told it's okay to be lazy just be yourself just do whatever and oh well if you want to be successful then you have to look perfect and invest all the shit in all the wrong things which is you know just look hot just look just nice clothes, whatever. Don't invest in mentality. Don't invest in emotional health uh, or anything and be balanced all the way around. It's just guiding. And and it's all for personal gain because whoever is putting that shit out there is usually like raking in the money off of something else. And they're getting that improper dopamine hit. Like, what what the hell are you doing? You know? So I, I think it's very important for this younger generation to hear old school values and characteristics in this new delivery method of being able to talk on social media, whether you like it or not. That's how these kids are learning. That's how everybody's kind of picking everything up and we have to communicate it the right way. And I, I really respect and admire the way you're doing as is you're showing the action. You're not just sitting back comfortably eating some cashews or whatever, be like, yeah, man, yeah, you just got to like get out there and have a positive mentality, you know, and you know, like Melon's bitching while he's running rugby with his uh what are these his uh what Michael say you always eat?
1: Pistachio nuts.
2: Pistachios, yeah, just pistachio nuts. H- hurry up, come on, come on, you maggot, you know, just yelling <laughs> at people. So those are great points, man. I, I really appreciate it because you know it, it, it worked for me. Some of my newer guys in my in my unit, I'm sitting there like wondering, like, how do I connect to these guys? How do I show and, and demonstrate the right way that they're going to receive it? Because they come in, they come into work and I'm like, how was your weekend? What'd you do? And they're like, well, I worked out, I did this. But then, you know, I'm hanging out playing video games with everybody and do whatever. And I'm just like, holy shit, man. Well, I'm One, I'm old. And two, how am I going to connect with a dude that's his entire life is cyber? You know what I mean? So it's a challenge. It's definitely a challenge for me.
1: Got a question for you, Nick. Early on, um, you talked about uh, a big thing around goal building and entrepreneurship and stuff. Would you mind letting us know some maybe about a couple of your goals over the next, you know, what the path that you see that you're working towards at the moment?
3: Yeah, definitely. So right now, I'm really focused on the online coaching aspect of learning how to optimize the skill online coaching to do what I'm doing now, um, <clears throat> which, you know, the whole mentorship and fitness thing for everybody else out there and to get the message out there on social media to kind of combat all the negatives of social media and really be, you know, a loud voice, you know. Um, and then also with, with solar, I'm also working in solar. So that's a sales job out here um, and just grow a team there and help impact, you know, people in the same similar way with all the issues with the solar industry and how people are getting kind of cheated out there. So, you know, going in there and helping people get the truth and educate them and help them save money is, is, is really cool. Um, and just, I mean, honestly, too, in the same, you know, aspect of not doing this for myself, right? I have people who are going to be moving out to California um, pretty soon here and they want a job and I'm, I'm, you know, making promises that, hey, you know, I got a job lined up for you guys. There's a solar team I'm growing. And so that's keeping me honest with putting my, you know, the best effort I can for these people coming out, depending on me and what I'm saying to help get them a great, you know, steady income and a great opportunity. So just, I mean, I want to impact lives and I know, you know, the money will come. I'm not really that worried about it. I mean, it is a factor. I'm not going to lie. I say, you know, I don't want to make money because I want to make money, but I want to really help people. And I've always wanted to help people. Um, And I never really understood why I waited so long to start doing this because I've never kept myself as honest with my diet and my macros and everything else. And until I started really thinking about everybody else, I mean, it made me a better kind of man of God. I mean, I, you know, I was raised Catholic. I don't really go to church a whole lot, but I have a really strong relationship with God. And I've always known that watching porn was bad and that smoking weed was bad and that getting drunk was bad, but I still did those things and, and more, you know, um, and doing the things that I've been doing now that are just centered around personal development have made me the best, you know, person to walk in the values of Christ that I've ever been because I've, I've stopped doing those things. And I just had this realization the other day like I'm I'm a way better like you know Christian or whatever you want to call believer of God through my actions than I ever have been consistently because now I'm 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 knowing what's aligning with my purpose and what's not. So,
1: there's a lot of power that you get when you've got a goal that's not for yourself. And and like I know you're talking there about a personal aspect of that, like your own diet. You've been able to like tighten that out and dial in the. Or the, the values all around that but when you've been having that for well i want to do this so that i can be a great example and i can be fit and healthy and i'll be able to help other people there's a power you get that you never have when it's just for yourself like an inward focused goal is you know one percent or less as powerful it is when it's focused outward like at the end of my spin class just now like an hour ago I was freaking my knee was really hurting me and stuff. And I just no shit thought about the kids. And I got up and I just powered through the last couple of minutes of the spin class thing about my, my son and my daughter. Like, you know, gave myself a bit of a mental reprimand because I've been sitting down. And it's like there's power you get that is much bigger than yourself when you have a goal that's out in front and you're doing it for other people. And, you know, I just take my hat off to you to hear there about Building an online coaching, developing like you know, I can hear sort of the reason you're out there busting your gut for some sales is to create jobs for people you care about. Like that's a that's a motivation. I'm, I've never heard anyone talk about motivation like that. Like I think you're going to be success is going to accrue when you're approaching. People, you know, you're helping them save money and get out of bad deals and and whatnot. And you're like in the back of your mind, I'm going to be helping family, friends out and and whatever coming in here. So I can see the, 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 the positive steps and the motivation that's going to snowball for you in the future, man.
3: Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, last thing I'll say about that solar thing is like, you know, I have to knock on doors, right? And, you know, generate sales by knocking on doors. And, you know, like when I'm by myself going out knocking on doors in California where everyone's already been asked about solar, I get door sand in my face. It's not something I really enjoy doing. No one really wants to deal with a homeowner and get disrespected and have to still be professional and not take it personally, you know. But now that I'm out there and I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, my friend Annie who's going to move out here and wants the job and her other friend that's going to out here and want the job and other people who I'm hiring who, you know, need income and who need to change their life. It, it gets me out on the doors more than you think it would. It, well, you know, it's just like, I, it's not for me anymore, you know, and I'll go out there and I'll take the door slam because I have to build something for someone else. I, it's, I gave them my word that I have an opportunity for them and I need to be the best I can be for not myself, but for them. I need to be the best salesman I can be I Need to help people get the right solar they need and all that other great stuff that's for them. But I'm, I'm, putting it out there for these people. So I'm on the doors. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. It's like, it's the biggest motivating thing. I wish I would learn this. I'm sure like we all seen we were way younger. I know I'm 27, but like, man, like learning to do it for others is the biggest accountability factor out there for whatever, like coaching or for solar or for your family. I don't have a family yet, but all that stuff, It's it's not for us, man. It's for everyone we love. Yeah.
2: Invest in your circle by investing in yourself and becoming the best version of yourself to be available for them. And they're going to return it when your day goes to shit or when you're looking for a job or when you're having a hard day. They're going to be right there to help you back. And like that's exactly what you want. You know, like those are the lifelong relationships that you'll never let go. You know, like that I've built with Melon and Raph, you know, the stuff that they've helped me out with and similar situations. And it's just, I, I can count on them. It's, it's that security. And uh, honestly, it just makes me happy to know that, you know, the other day I texted out to these guys in the group, I think it was Friday and I was on my way to work. And I just was like, man, just take inventory and like the people I have in my life and what they're doing for themselves and how they're investing. And then the things that they've helped me do and I just sent him a message and said, hey, I, I just want to let you guys know that I love I love all of you guys and I'm just so appreciative and happy I have you in my life and like what we're doing. And that feels great to really honestly say that, you, you know, and that the journey continues and we're all on the same page. So uh, I don't think there is anything better than that in life. That you know, that relationship is great.
1: Well, we're probably getting close to the end of... uh you know where the episode's gonna end for now for sure there's a whole lot more in in certainly in your future nick and i'd love to hear again from you in a couple of months and you know check in and see where you've got to but just for now is there anything that you wanted to to leave the listeners with is there a thought or you know some uh stuff you've been thinking that you thought might be good just to to leave here before we wind up
3: yeah i got one thing i could say um one thing that's been pretty big for me is to really do some time to think and not just, not just reflect on things and like look in the past, but really have conversations with myself. And it kind of sounds psychotic, but um, to really kind of have two parties present and to really ask yourself questions, you know, like, is this food I'm going to eat, you know, going to help me get closer or further to my goals, right? Further from my goal. And like, when you do that, you can answer a lot of your own questions that you have or things that are troubling you, if you just kind of speak them out to yourself and then answer them. So that's been paramount in me with whether it's with macro, you know, you know, goals or fitness goals or figuring out, a you know, next business step to take, you know, what's best for me. Um, and then having this, this visualization of the, the person you're creating, right. And who you're becoming and, you know, the, the person I'm going to be in 10 years, the, the successful entrepreneur, multi-millionaire person who's impacted millions of lives, who's helping others, taking care of my family. What would this person do? Would this person take a day off? Would this person watch TV right now? Would this person act like they have time to waste? And when I when I kind of answer these questions with that person's voice in my head, it really kicks my ass in the gear. And it's just like, why the would I sit down right now and not you know, do what I'm supposed to do?
1: Well, I think that's a perfect place to leave it, Nick. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on, man. And uh, certainly, I know we'll extend the invite. I'd love to to check in and see how things go in a in a little while. But it's been an absolute pleasure to have a, a veteran, have a a man who's got such clarity in your life at the moment, and uh, that you're you're doing it for everyone else. You know, there's there's such strength that comes in there. Raf, you wanted to throw something down?
0: Yeah, I just want to personally thank Nick again for coming on. Um, but also, do uh, you want to just plug your Instagram, uh, page on or whatever it is that for the, for online coaching that way, if anyone's listening and they're interested, they could at least maybe DM you, ask you questions or maybe follow you for a while. And then, you know, until they're not gun shy. Yeah, it's true. My Instagram is my name with an underscore.
3: So N I C K G R O S S I Nick grossy underscore.
1: We'll put that in this, in the show notes. So anyone who needs to, to look that up, just check the show notes there. And you'll see Nick Grossi underscore and uh, you'll be able to follow the man on Instagram and uh, get some motivation and energy in your life because uh, clearly he's got it in spades. So thanks to everyone out there for uh, spending the time with us. We really always, we never take it for granted you guys uh, giving up your precious time to sit and, and uh, share this conversation with us we've had an amazing guest with some uh, just some great energy he's putting out into the universe and uh, you know i hope you guys out there will get a bit of that for yourselves so until next time take care